if people ask us, so what's new here? At the end of the day, people have been in fitness for a long time, in different ways, at least in America. What is, from a technology perspective, and your three companies are actually using technology or science or psychology to offer something to their customers, what is new here fundamentally in 2021? When we look at those technology, Phil, can you take us there? You've been looking at this field for a while, but what is really, really new here? The big thing that people are now starting to realize is what are we going to do with this data? Because I think what's happened over the last five, 10 years, there's been some great technologies that have collected data and they've made it presentable in a nice way. But I think we're getting to the point where individuals are looking at it saying, yeah, I know I slept seven hours. Because if I went to bed at 10 and I got up at 5, I've spent money on this device that helps me do that math, right? And so now I think the challenge to technologies are now they have to deliver back. They're gathering information. Now they have to leverage that in an ethical way to say, here's how you can use that data to add and change habits. Because just telling me I slept seven hours is no longer enough. And I think the hard part is we're all limited by time. So you can't just say, well, just sleep eight hours. What's the problem? You can't make the day longer. So what things in your day should you not be doing to allow more time for other things? So technology should be individualizing what you need to strip away so you can do more of what you need. That's very interesting. So you're making the point that just collecting data with the the, the Fitbits of this world is necessary, but certainly not sufficient. We need to transform this data into useful and actionable information. Right. And just saying you got to sleep eight hours. That's just a lazy insight. You know, we all know that, right? We have these great recommendations now. We're starting to get better and better individualized, personalized recommendations for actions people should take. But then how we pick up the problem from there is we're human and most of us need external accountability to follow through something and break out of our current habits to form new ones and take a detour from what we were doing yesterday to now do something different. And we don't feel accountable to things that aren't human and caring and knowing that someone cares about what you accomplished. So we're enabling that human heart and care to be delivered in a way that is based in behavioral science and motivational interviewing psychology to help people feel accountable and actually adopt those changes in an achievable way. So it's really that continuum of, I completely agree, Phil, data to more personalized recommendations and then get those personal recommendations broken down and delivered in a way that actually help people adopt them. It's amazing that it's not just about sets and reps or you know, right. prescription, but there is so much thought behind, as you say, accountability, but also the science of it, that basically it becomes more of a diagnosis and recommendation, almost, dare I say, almost like a medical profession. Absolutely. Yeah, it's pharmacology at the end of the day. It's just in this case, the medicine is exercise. You don't go to a physician and say, go take an antibiotic. It's like, well, which one? How often? How much? When do I stop? When do I change? Whereas we've kind of looked at exercise like that, where we've said, we'll just go walk for 20 minutes. Well, one of the biggest breakthroughs in pharmacology was 
the extended release once a day pill because it reduced the barrier for threshold. So if we say, hey, just go walk 20 minutes and that person says, I've got 10 minutes a day, they're going to choose option B, which is nothing. So how can we grade it much like medicine's done with pharmacology? Angelica, on this data question, how do you see in your experience? I mean, after all, you're the one actually touching the data with your fingers. How do you see the relationship between us looking at data, making some recommendation for exercises, and the ability of the actual trainers or trainees, for that matter, to take those data and trust them and actually comply with the recommendation? So one of the things that I'm seeing, at least for my end users, the FFI, they don't seem to be as interested in the data. It's the leadership that wants the data. I think the FFIs were simply looking for a tool that's going to allow them to do their job, create these plans easier, faster, and distribute them easier. And, you know, that's what the mobile application does. It delivers it to the end users. The FFIs, they're responsible for hundreds and thousands of individual Marines' physical fitness. And so I don't think they're looking at the data as much. It's not as important. They just want to get these programs out to these guys and try to reduce injury, whatever that means. But then you've got the leadership. They want to know how healthy the fleet is, how healthy the unit is. And they're looking at the data to better understand how effective is this plan, in fact. And so you've got these two different groups and what they care about. And that's what I gather from being boots on the ground. That's a very interesting observation. At the end of the day, the person who do the exercise wants to have a reasonable recommendation. That's what Phil was saying earlier. It's not so much that your heart rate is X that matters, is what do you do about it? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe as you say, as a the leaders or the managers or the commanders are more interested to see, to have some statistic about the general health or the general fitness of their units. These are two different stakeholders in this particular case. But that's a big lesson that despite the extraordinary enthusiasm for people to measure everything, it remains to see whether or not those measurements lead to improvement. You need an intermediate step in between. One is making sense of those data, but also encouraging people to comply with the recommendation in order to be effective. So Jess, I'll start with you. Could you describe a day in the life of one of your users? You're the one that is addressing actually the most, all of us, at least with your tools and your services, a much wider population. These are not elite athletes or special forces soldiers. They are basically us. We have worked with some pretty unique groups, including frontline healthcare workers during COVID, which was extremely rewarding and challenging because they were all being challenged emotionally, physically, mentally. But a day in the life of working with an individual, our business sort of has two key sides of it. Most of our business is working with other wellness companies, helping them increase and compliance and engagement of their end users. But we also work directly with individuals as a testing ground for our partners to develop new programs and insights that we can bring to our partners. So I'll give a day in the life. Uh, it's a pretty similar of uh, the end user uh, in both, but we help people focus on one healthy habit at a time. So trying to break things down into achievable, sustainable steps. So if, if someone's working on exercise with us, the beginning of the week, they pick 
a daily goal for each day, one thing. And then each day they're getting a reminder or something inspirational in the morning, maybe a suggested podcast to listen to if their goal is to walk that day or a inspirational message. 10 minutes out of your day is 1% of the time, you know, something like that. And then at night we check in for accountability. And that's when we're asking about their daily goal. Did you go for your walk? And when they text us back, there's always a wish route guide to personally respond to them. And we've created a judgment-free coaching methodology that's providing positive reinforcement, encouragement, and the help to game plan if it wasn't a good day. You know, It's really important to make people feel comfortable saying, no, I didn't do it because that's when we can be most impactful. And I would say the biggest kind of aha is just every day we hear, I wasn't going to do it, but I remembered you'd check in and I wanted to have something positive to report back. So even though I only had 10 minutes and my workout I was supposed to do was 20, I got out and made the most of that 10 minutes and I did a walk and some squats and there it is. And so just knowing that someone's going to check in is incredibly powerful. So it's an actual person. The wish route guide is a person yes. who calls, who calls Real live the human. and asks them. A text message. Yep. So we're texting people in the morning and at night. And whenever they text us, they're getting a personal response back. But that set of recommendation that you provide in the morning, given a particular fitness goal, this is what we recommend. You watch this, you go walk, you do this exercise. Those are automated or these are actual. You said they are texts. Yep. It's a mix of automation and personalized recommendations, which are automated. I mean, it's a set of preset selection and a mix of personalized things based on someone's own goals. So we're not a prescriptive service saying you need to do X, Y, Z. We're giving people inspiration to follow through with the goals that they've set. And with our partners, we're helping people follow through with the goal with the partner's content. So if it's a fitness app, we're sharing, here's the live workout schedule in the morning. Or you said your goal was to increase flexibility. Here's a yoga workout we think you're going to enjoy. So it's personalized and related to a preset set of messages. So that personalization is an important theme today because... We are all different. We learn differently. We practice differently. And Phil, I know this is some of the key part of the technology that you're proposing. It's not only very precisely diagnosed, but it's also very personalizing the diagnosis is for that person. Can you tell us a little bit about how you use basically technology and machine learning to turn this measurement, this very precise measurement that you're doing with a machine learning plate for the athlete or the user? There's two key, I guess, case studies we tend to see with folks that we work with, whether that's athletes, warfighters, or even in the employer space. It's, I only have so much time. And that's a piece and a big part of data's role that we see is to convince the user to let go of things. And that could be something that they found to be useful in the past, or that could be something they're clinging to because they're really good at it and want to keep doing it. You know, a good example is if we think about warfighters, soldiers, you know, CrossFit's really cotton on, you know, in that group. Why? Because it's hard and it makes you really sore and it's really difficult and challenging. The question would be, does that group that has incredible grit 
and strong and explosive? Is that what they need? Or do they need yoga to help promote flexibility and breathing techniques and recovery? Or do they really just need to continue to endure more challenging circumstances? So I think technology's role should be to help illuminate some of these things to teach the individual and say, hey, this might be something that's not serving you. You may enjoy it. You're going to have to make a decision. Are you training to serve your country or are you training to be in the CrossFit competition? Both are okay goals, but ultimately you can't serve two masters. And we have this all the time when we started in sports with football, you know, offensive linemen, they squat for a living. Every play they squat to get in their stance. They go in the weight room and what do they do? They squat all the time. Best way to have an ACL injury is too much squatting, too much quad dominance. You got to make a choice. Do you want to be an offensive lineman that plays a 20-year NFL career? Or do you want to be someone that's really good at squatting and a short career? You can't do both. And I think data helps educate the individual so they come to that conclusion because ultimately that's what's going to make it stick. 